Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. From the WLRN Newsroom, I'm Luis Hernandez, and this is the Latin America Report. It's been three weeks since Cubans staged unprecedented anti-government protests. One of their mottos was, we're not afraid anymore. Since demonstrations on July 11th, human rights groups say Cuba's communist regime has tried to instill new fear by jailing more than 700 protesters. Many have already been given summary trials and prison sentences with little or no due process, and some have reportedly suffered beatings or torture. WLRN America's editor Tim Padgett has been in touch with Cubans there and here, and he joins me now to discuss the Cuban regime crackdown and the fallout. Tim, what are you hearing from the island about how bad the crackdown has gotten? I've been speaking with Cubans like Manuel Cuesta Marua. He's with a leading dissident group in Havana called the Cuban Democratic Transition Council. Cuesta pointed out the group's president, José Daniel Ferrer, was arrested and is still being held, but no one knows where, and over the weekend there was still no information about him. And that's typical of the hundreds of Cubans detained after the protests. Another example is Enrique Mustelier. He's a dissident in Guantanamo, Cuba, on the other end of the island. His sister here in Miami, Katiuska Mustelier, tells me the only information their mother in Cuba has gotten about him is from other protesters who were locked up with him and later released. She says they told her Enrique was badly beaten by police because authorities already knew him as an outspoken dissident. He once spent five years in prison for trying to swim to the U.S. naval base in Guantanamo to defect. Does it look like the government's dragnet's getting wider? Much wider. Cubans like Cuesta emphasize the regime is using the protests to arbitrarily round up and lock up any dissidents right now, especially artists. Were the protesters surprised by the Cuban authorities' response to these protests? And what about the international community? No and yes. Here's what I mean. No, because this has always been the Cuban regime's M.O. It just does not tolerate this sort of direct challenge to its totalitarian authority, especially on this larger scale. What happened on July 11th was the sort of mass island-wide protest that is the Cuban regime's worst nightmare. That's also why I say it is a surprise that it's lashed out this way, because it's, it's one thing to put down small, isolated demonstrations. It's easier for the regime in instances like that to say, well, these are troublemaker exceptions who don't represent the Cuban people. But this time you can make the case that it was the Cuban people protesting. That makes the regime's harsh response look even more deplorable to both the Cuban people and the international community. How should the regime have responded? I thought maybe the regime would react smarter in this case. Use a little less stick and a lot more carrot, like the tax repeal measures they've just announced to help private entrepreneurs and maybe ease Cubans' economic suffering a bit because economic suffering is a big part of their uprising. You would think Cuba's government would be able to control what we're hearing about all of this. Why are we getting so much information? 
Well, the government has shut down the Internet in Cuba to a large extent after the protests, but it can't shut it down completely because the government and the economy still have to function. What's happening is that many Cubans are finding ways to access what Internet is still available on the island in state-run hotels, for example, and using it to send out everything from WhatsApp messages to Facebook videos of arrests on the street. And those Cubans are concealing their identities from the regime by using VPN, or virtual private network tunnels. The Biden administration is under a lot of pressure from the Cuban-American community here in South Florida to crack down on the Cuban regime. What has President Biden done? He's slapping sanctions on the heads of Cuba's security forces, like the Buenas Negras, or Black Berets, But those are largely symbolic gestures. Biden's also exploring ways to help Cubans get around the regime's Internet shutdown. But frankly, I think if the U.S. could really do that, it would have done it years ago. Whatever he does, I do think we'll see more protests like July 11th in the long run, despite the crackdown. There's just a new dynamic at play on the island. Cubans really aren't as afraid as they used to be. I've been speaking with WLRN America's editor, Tim Padgett. This is WLRN News. I'm Luis Hernandez. Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.